So hello and welcome to another episode of The Leadership Enigma. And if you've listened to any episodes already, you know that I'm very focused on people. Human-centered leadership is a pervasive theme. So if it's all about the people, it's all about our talent. So this week, I've got a question for you. What actually is talent and how do we get the best from our talent in a post-pandemic and digitally enhanced environment? What a great question. And I need someone a lot wiser than me to answer it. So join me after this intro as I'll be with Svetlana Bulushkina, who is the head of talent at Deutsche Telekom. Enjoy. In a constantly changing world, today is as simple as it gets. You're listening to The Leadership Enigma, a podcast to explore, experiment, and power up your leadership to make the difference to your business, your people, and your success. Whether you're an entrepreneur, business owner, or corporate executive, each week we dig deep into global experts, academics, rising stars, ambitious upstarts, and disruptors. Now, here's your host, Adam Pacifico. Welcome, welcome, Svetlana, to the Leadership Enigma. How are you? Thank you, Adam. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. And you've had to sit through that intro. It's funny. When people sit through that intro, I can see in their eyes, they're trying to work out whether they're a disruptor or an academic or a, where are they in that kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to dance. was nice music. <laughs> it's great. We can see each other on video. So there was some dancing going on. I just want everyone to know that, that that's quite a theme. So thank you so much. We've spoken before and it's an absolute pleasure to have you uh, again on the Leadership Enigma to carry on this conversation conversation about talent. So let's begin. Uh, at the moment, you're the head of talent at Deutsche Telekom. So just give everyone an idea of what that role entails. Yes, uh, Adam, my, my role is talent management, head of talent management and the future skilling in Deutsche Telekom. So I truly believe I have the best role in DT. Right. It's the coolest role ever because talent is the core of strategy. So what I'm working on, I'm scouting for talents who might be taking future critical positions of Deutsche Telekom. I'm scouting, I'm finding them, I'm helping them being developed, and I'm helping them being placed in the positions uh, of DT. At the same time, I have a number of initiatives on the the future skilling, to future skill the workforce of Deutsche Telekom for tomorrow. Wow. So... Are you looking at talent both internally and externally? So the talent that you have already and hopefully talent you as yet haven't acquired. Is it both? Uh, For Deutsche Telekom, it's both. It's holistically, internally and externally. Uh, For me, at the current point in time, I'm deep diving into the internal talent pools. Now, let me give a little bit of context here. Hopefully, I've got some of these numbers right. So let's just uh, get the listeners to understand just how big Deutsche Telekom is. Uh, A little bit of research here now. Uh, Hopefully I'm up to date. 236 million customers, something like 27.3 million fixed lines, 22 million broadband lines. You operate in 50 countries and you've got an excess of 230,000 employees. How am I doing? You're doing very well. It's a scale, isn't it? This is why I love chatting to you because... We have many, many listeners who are sometimes leading themselves or leading small teams and people like you who are considering much larger global capability teams as well. But at the end of the day, it all comes back to the people. So I want to start with a question about you because you've had a great and unique journey yourself. How did you get to this role of head of talent? Because I know you've done so much in so many different places, but just share us a little bit of that story. 
Yeah, um, Adam, I'm um, by my personality, I'm an entrepreneur myself. So I started with my startup in Ukraine. I worked for civil society, for public organizations. And when I and when I was 23, I ended up in Kyivstar, which is a telecommunication company in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And in 2003, mobile communication has been blooming. So our customer database inside the company has been doubling every year. And we have not been able to grow fast enough inside. So my role when I was really young was actually in the area of talent management, succession planning, helping find people for the positions and helping them grow. And the the, the way of how we do it and what we developed in Ukraine has been presented uh, to our shareholders in Norway, uh, in the headquarter of Talinor. And uh, I got an offer to come and do it globally. So when I was 27, I came to the headquarter of DT to do global talent management across, um, uh, I think we had around 13 countries in Asia, in Scandinavia and Europe. Now that's a big role at an early age. So when you, when I, was, you I know, when you had that role, what was your first thought? Was it, oh my, was it, I can do this? Was there an, an element I'm going to have to fix the plane whilst I fly it? How did you approach that? I was super scared and I remember that day coming to the huge headquarter and it's all shining and it's very big and it's super high tech um, and, and thinking that I'm going to work with global talent uh, in, in Talinor. I, now I was asking myself many times that why did they select me and why they actually hired somebody for potential versus performance. Okay. So they actually hired me for potential and they liked something and they gave me, they gave me a chance. And the rest is history, I think, as we say sometimes. And the rest is history. (laughs) So so that's an interesting one, isn't it? They hired you for potential, not someone perhaps who had already been doing the job for a a number of years. And I think that's an interesting approach. So that takes me on to, it's quite a wide question, but what are your thoughts in relation to what is talent nowadays? I know there's lots of books on it and people talk about the war on talent, which I'm, I'm not sure I like it as a phrase, but what are your thoughts? What's talent? Yeah. Every, I think every company has their own definition and every person in, would have their own definition of what talent is. Of course, in DT, we have been deep diving a lot. What do we mean in our environment? What is a talent for us? Um, and um, uh, we ended up with a very simple formula, uh, which we are using, and it's very transparent for all people. It's called four A's. Okay. Uh, one A is about the past and three A's is about the future. The past is achievements is you know, it's, it's how much you have done, is getting things done. And then three A's are looking forwards um, and they are your ability, you know, how able you are to thrive in complexity and uncertainty and how much you have fun when you are in this com- complex environment. That's ability, that's your attitude. You know, how do you engage with organization and how do you share your knowledge that you have and how you multiply yourself in a way, multiply your, yep. uh, your skill sets. And number three is uh, aspirations. Do you want to have more complexity? Do you want to go for different roles? So it's ability, attitude, aspirations for the future, and it's achievements for the past. And together, it's for ACES, how we scout for our talents in, in Deutsche Telekom. And right. another important element, Adam, uh, what we consider uh, and it's a question, talent for what? What kind of complexity? What are you longing for? Yeah, what are we building no for? One, yeah, there is no one generic 
answer. Uh, you might, you know, you might be in the flow and you might really like to do leadership or a podcast. You might want to be in communications or you might want to be in digital or in data field. So there are different, you know, uh, different areas what, uh, where we need talent. So it's very important for yourself individually, like in talent backwards to understand talent for what, what are your core strengths yeah. and for the business, business backwards, what are the core positions and talents and skills we need to have? And then when you have a match, it's very easy to supply and demand. Yeah. Wow. Then you can place a talent. So there's a real element of art potentially and science here as well. So just let, <laughs> so let me just make sure I've got it right. So there were four A's. One is in, one is historic, which is achievement, and then forward thinking. I believe you said it was attitude, ability, and aspiration. Did I get that right? You got it right. Okay, you see, I've done my homework as well, <laughs> which is nice as well. It's always lovely. I think when someone offers a, a lovely model, I just want to make sure that everyone's actually got it, which is great. And I love this point about what are we actually identifying and bringing talent in for? Because I know you've also talked to me before about a phrase called digital talent. Mm -hmm. So what's, what's your thinking there in relation to digital talent? Maybe we've all become digitally transformed over the last 12 months, but what do you yeah. mean by digital talent? I would like to share two thoughts uh, okay. with the audience, Adam. Uh, one, one thought is about digital talent, meaning really digital experts mm -hmm. who are working with digital technologies. And those are people who are doing the digital analytics, digital customer engagement, uh, digital product development, um, customer value management for Deutsche Telekom. And those technologies have not been existing more than 10 years. Right. So even the, the top, top experts you can have in the companies, it doesn't have more than 10 years experience in the technologies. But how do we bring people who really understand and who can really integrate those technologies with what we currently have in DT in our infrastructure? Mm -hmm. So that is a very specific part of talent, which we attract, so we hire, and we also develop inside. The, the other thought which I wanted to share that by end of the day, most of us will become more or less digital going forward. And I think you know, you know, the pandemic accelerated that part. Yeah? yeah, And the part of the future skilling, which I mentioned in the very beginning, what I do is we, um, we educate people on what digital means for all of us. For me as HR, for finance, for commercial, for technology, we all have to acquire new skills be it simple data analytics or simple software development or simple digital tools that help you to engage your team in, um, in this hybrid environment. So that is, it's the second part where it's a kind of skill um, that all of us need to have. So interestingly, uh, Svetlana, there may well be some very, very senior leaders in all organizations who simply don't know the technology which is quite new coming into their industry and in their business. So they're going to have to rely on other people, aren't they, to be those digital experts because they might be slightly older like me. <laughs> yeah, it's they have to rely on other people who are coming in, but also they have to catch up with developments and they have to be also open and humble uh, yeah. to the new skills which are coming up, be able to train and to learn, but also open to listen. Now, you used a wonderful phrase with me on our last conversation, which I want to bring up, where we talked about now it's a time for a business to go beyond business as usual. And I'd just love to hear your thoughts as to what you meant by it's time to, for the business to go beyond business as usual. 
Um, I was talking about the future of, of the company I work for, the future of the industry that I work for, um, and how it's going to change. So telecommunication as industry is going to, it's evolving as we speak, and it's going to evolve even much more. Yeah, much more digital and much more human centric, much more integrated, whether you are using, you know, mobile phone or data or TV or any connected devices in your house. So we really have to transform and we, we have to think about tomorrow. We have to deliver what we have to do today, but we also have to think what skill set and roles and talents we need to have tomorrow. And already today, start raising, attracting and developing the people that we will need for tomorrow. And that's, this is what my understanding going beyond what you do, going beyond uh, business as usual. So help me with this. You mentioned something else that really resonates with me as well, and that you mentioned human-centered. So Deutsche Telekom relies on enormous technology and infrastructure in, in obviously to reach many, many millions of people all over the world. But help me a little bit more. That human-centered piece is still very important to you. Why is that? Yeah. We, Adam, just last week we managed, uh, we had a big event in, in Deutsche Telekom, especially for German segments. Right. Uh, we went live with two products, which is new performance and new talent. Uh, we introduced it for all uh, German segments. And we talked a lot about the human centricity. And it's not just about the products of HR or the processes of HR. It all boils down how we can use it and how leaders can use it and how these processes uh, put people first. I think we have we had decades in my profession, now a profession of HR, yep. where uh, we have been all about control. You know, all our processes have been automatic, putting us on autopilot. Yep. When you do performance, you put a checkbox in the system, you are done. When you have a talent identification, you put some somewhere a tick box, and then HR will come in and will pick up your talent and do recognition for you and do all the programs for you. It doesn't work any longer because technologies change so fast. Um, you know, expertise change so fast. You have to adapt much, much faster. And then talents have more bargaining power. Yeah. If they don't like the environment and the smell of the place where they are, they will go and find a different place. So we have to adapt and we have to change. So human centricity becomes just so fundamental. It becomes the core. Because if you don't have human-centric organization where talents are concentrating on what they have to concentrate on and getting important part done, and making it really, really easy for them uh, in terms of HR processes, um, then we will lose a lot of momentum, a lot of people. So in my view, human centricity becomes really core to survive. Oh, it's, lovely. it's lovely to hear that. And you have over 230,000 of these human-centered elements, which is why I've said before that a, a large business or a small business is actually almost like a living organism because you've got all of these individual elements i.e. people within the business and you have a lot of them but it also works you know once you have a few proof points and case you know cases that when you put human centricity first then it results in a high engagement indexes of your people by default it results in a higher customer satisfaction and then it results in your higher you know uh, business results going forward we had a great case in croatia Mm -hmm. where the ceo was concentrating he said no human first, people first, and then the rest is second, and then the customer comes second. And that was a very bold statement, but by end of the day, it pays off. 
so I love to hear that you've just said that you had a very senior leader to say actually it's about the human centricity and it's all about the people and that's why this episode we're going to call it it's all about the people Svetlana because I think it's great that that's really the focus but also you have a lot of people who are expert with expertise within Deutsche Telekom so what's the role or the future or the trend of the expert going forward as well in this ecosystem of human centricity? Um, I see that the role of experts uh, will be more prominent in organizations than before, especially on this uh, large scale, as, as I'm talking about of Deutsche Telekom. And experts um, will be going as high as the board members. Uh, so you would see more and more positions like distinguished engineer or chief data architect. So that would be quite prominent. It would be on the executive level as any leadership position. Um, and I would also see the merge between the roles because when you are an expert on the top level and you are leading function, you are leading yeah. expertise uh, or a big network across you know, 50 countries that you have, you would also need to have the leadership skills uh, the, the softer part, yes. similar as you would demand it from the human-centric leader or a leader person. So those skills will become quite equal to the most career paths. And that's also great to hear because I, I talk all the time about having those expert skills, which have, you have acquired over the years, and perhaps that's the provenance of some of your success or a lot of your success. But then you've got to have those leadership capabilities as well to join the two in order to become a modern day leader. Indeed, indeed. Another trend I would see is a talent fluidity or expert fluidity. You know, okay. when um, it's not about just the career path in terms of promotions and having different titles and then climbing the ladder, right. but it's much more about projects and gigs and having an opportunity to make an impact and to work on exciting technologies, to work on exciting projects, which is, has a purpose behind it, which resonates with you as a talent. And for organizations to make those projects and gigs transparent, to democratize it a bit um, and to, to allow people to work on them across borders and silos will be another trend. And, and that's maybe why you've got the coolest job in the business, as you described, yes, because exactly. with, so many, uh, with so many people and you cover so many countries, I'm assuming you have incredible opportunities for people to diversify, to go on secondment, to learn from others, to experience a completely different side of the business. Is, is, that, a fair is that a fair comment? It is a very common, and sometimes it gives me also goosebumps because right. they, uh, it's, of course, you, you have all those buzzwords of cool projects and technologies and all connect and collaborate in the work. But by the end of the day, you know, I'm working with humans and yeah. I'm working with people and it's impacting their life. Um, and that gives me lots of excitement when we do it. Wow. So as people are listening to this, Svetlana, here's, a, here's I think it's quite a tough question, but it's, you know, it's always a good question. Um, as people are listening to this and they're thinking about the talent that they have, or the talent that they need, and they may have a very small team or a medium-sized team. Would you have any top tips? What comes to the forefront of your mind in relation to what they should be thinking about as regards identifying or keeping their talent at the moment? One advice I would I would give, and uh, that's what we also giving to ourselves in Deutsche Telekom, beware right. the question talent for what. Okay. Uh, we are very diverse. And having understanding how your people tick, uh, what is important for your people, what are the key strengths, and having an ability to put diverse teams together 
with that understanding, that's the core, um, the core advice I would give. Diversity is not always easy. You know, when you have diverse teams, we know they produce, you know, better outcomes. Yeah. But by end of the day, it's hard, yeah, to put people together and have different opinions and, you know, we have to align. But don't give up. Uh, go for the diversity route and really understand what's, what drives your people. I love that advice. And, and I have an advice for people of those leaders. I think for people, for experts who are working in small organizations mm-hmm. uh, or work in different companies, pick your leader wisely. <laughs> That's another <laughs> small piece of advice. It yeah. works both ways, doesn't it, Svetlana? It works it, both it, ways, exactly. <laughs> as do. I, I want to finish on a, on a fun question, which I, you may know about already. And that is, what would be your best advice to a 21-year-old Svetlana? My best advice would be to trust myself and uh, maybe not trust your gut feeling. Um, uh, Don't be so scared as I was in the very beginning. You have a story to tell. So uh, tell it in in the bold way and move on. Svetlana, I just want to say a massive thank you because you've spent uh, a couple of sessions now talking to me as part of the Leadership Enigma. And that's really kind because you're currently in Bonn, aren't you? Yes, Locked I am. Lockdown in Bonn. And I hope the weather, the weather looks nice behind you. So I'm always envious of good weather. Adam, we had plus 18 on the weekend. It's a fantastic weather and it's a very beautiful small city here. And now I'm feeling very jealous. Svetlana, <laughs> will you consider coming back to me and talking to me again as we move through a post-pandemic year? Would you do that for me? This pleasure. This pleasure, Adam. It's been brilliant. Thank you so much. Join us again next week for more essential insights on the Leadership Enigma. We'd love to hear your comments on today's show, as well as suggestions for future topics and guests. Get in touch with your host on LinkedIn or via our website, www.pca-global.com. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for listening.